G'day everybody, welcome to today's episode of Let's Do Another Take. Today, I'm speaking with one of my favorite human beings, Elfresh the Lion. Elfresh is an amazing producer, hip-hop artist. He is a great human being. He is a great friend. And we uh, have spent hundreds of hours in the studio together making his first two records and, and a bunch of other singles as well. Um, Elfresh has had a fantastic career so far and he's just getting started. So sit back and relax and enjoy my chat with the absolutely amazing Elfresh the Lion. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. Thanks, bro. It's good to be here in my room. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you were in my room. I miss, I miss our times together yeah, hanging out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what was the first record you ever bought? Oh man, that's a tough question. It's a tough question because I don't remember. Mm. The, the there's two that come to mind. The first one that I think I can't remember which one was first. It was either it was either uh, a Silver Chair album, <laughs> which I was not expecting that. Yeah, which I don't I don't even remember the name of the album, but I remember it had like neon lights on the cover. And yeah. it was either that or it was uh, Craig David's first album. Nice. With the brown cover. I think the album was called... I know the single was Fill Me In. I, don't, I can't remember if that's what the album was called as well. But is that the album that had Seven Days on it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What a banger. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was either of those. I can't remember which one came first. It's pro it'll probably be whatever was released <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And but those did, are the first did you two. buy them with your own money? No, I was too young mm. at that point. I, I I didn't have a job, so yeah. no, I didn't buy it with my own money. But those were the. It was either one of those because they were the first that I consciously chose with an independent mind. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't influenced mm. by anybody else. It wasn't like uh, people at school are listening to this, and maybe I should buy this because like i want to also have this kind of thing it was like i went to the store and i had a browse uh or i know with the craig david one his his music videos would come on video hits all the time mm. at that point mm. like he was just popping so it was like i need to get his out like the album so mm. i kind of specifically went looking for it that was the first one i specifically kind of as an album went looking for because i really liked it so, mm. yeah, it was, those are the first two that come to mind. It was probably some others, bro. It was probably like some other kid shit that I had back in the day, like the yeah, Wiggles yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. My, <laughs> my, my first album was an album called Chipmunk Punk. Yeah, nice. And it nice. was basically, they would just kind of record these covers of, you know, so-called punk songs and then speed it up. So they sounded like chipmunks. And That's I funny. loved it so much. I, I know so I had- obsessed. I know I had the Pokemon mixtape, but nice. I didn't. I didn't buy it. I I I know I had it on tape, so I don't know how I got it. 
I don't know whether I ripped it off somewhere, but I had it on. I don't know how. I have no idea, bro. I couldn't tell you how I got it, but I had the Pokemon mixtape as a kid. That's unreal. And do you, do you remember the first album or song that kind of really lit a fire inside you? Mm, again, that's a tough question. Hmm. And when you mean like fire inside me, like that kind of compelled me to want to make music is that what you're kind of hinting at there yeah i suppose yeah i mean that's that probably makes it a lot easier it was it was probably tupac's changes which you know you and i have spoken about a lot before but Mm. yeah i mean that song really kind of stood out to me it really moved me and 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 just made me want to make music and tell my story through music and i think it was just the passion in in his 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 vocal recordings and the combination of just the the piano loop and just all of the all of the elements in that just really were just was just a masterpiece for me, especially at mm. that time as a teenager. So How old were you? that song. I reckon I would have been thirteen, fourteen. Mm. And and it was that it was that song that just was like, Yeah, bro, like I I don't know, I just it just I've always I've often spoken about hip hop music especially for me at that age has as being like a conversation like when i was listening to it i didn't feel like i was just an uh you know just this kind of uh observer it kind of felt Mm. like i was participating in a conversation with the artist that i was listening to and so that song probably started that kind of active participation in hip-hop music for me did you rap along with it yeah as much as i could i mean not initially but yeah eventually Mm. Mm. Yeah, I also rapped along to the Pokemon mixtape, but <laughs> <laughs> was that freestyling? No, no, no. There was a song on there that was like a Pokemon rap. <laughs> I want to hear that there. so yeah, bad. There was a song on there, bro. So uh, I used to rap along to that long before I came in touch with like the hip hop music that would really form the foundation of of my um, my love for for the music, but. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I rapped along with, with changes for sure. So, do you recall when you first thought maybe this is something I can do? I don't recall it exactly, but I, 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 I do remember just kind of becoming obsessed with making music at some point. It was almost like a, a, a switch was flicked, mm. and I just became obsessed with wanting to write songs and so i had no idea how to do it no one taught me how to how to write music i didn't know what a bar was i didn't know i didn't know any musical theory whatsoever uh i had a good natural sense of rhythm i think but other than that i didn't really know anything about music and and i just became obsessed with just wanting to write and so i did i just kind of hand written like handwritten notebooks i got stacks of from from back Mm. in the day and probably lost a whole bunch as well and just then then kind of struggled to find music to write to so i i just taught myself how to make beats and became obsessed with with that process as well what did you use at first to make beats first i used fruity loops and and again i don't know how i even stumbled across like any of this stuff because there was literally nobody in my circle that i talked to about this stuff 
like Amazing. literally no one bro like and hmm. and fruity loops i just stumbled across and and just figured out how to just make beats on that uh and then i moved from that to reason Mm-hmm. And then I moved from Reason to Logic Pro, and I've just stuck with with Logic since then. But I just, yeah, but no one at that stage, especially at the beginning, no one taught me how to do it. And I was, so I was making beats in Fruity Loops, and then I was recording them in this other software called Acid Pro, mm-hmm. Sony Acid Pro. Mm-hmm. And all of these, I just had cracked versions of bro. Like I just yeah, downloaded yeah. them and and yeah. figured out how to crack them, and so I didn't have to pay for them. Uh, <laughs> Man, but, so many people wouldn't have started their music careers without cracked versions oh, of software. Oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. It just made it accessible. I mean, now I pay. Now yeah. I pay for everything. Now, of course, yeah. like being being in it, yeah. You 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 develop a sense of appreciation. Obviously, it's not just a kind of hobby thing, and and mm. you know how much work goes into making bits and pieces from the smallest bit of gear to the most mm. expensive console you know like a lot of energy yeah. goes into it so you appreciate that and respect it so it's part of the process as well as like you save up money and you like favorite that plug-in or that software or you, yeah. you you eye out that piece of gear you wait for it to go on sale and then you know you you, you spend money on it but back mm. then i didn't know what i was doing what i was getting into it was just like oh this is cool and then using the demo and the demo stops you when you're like oh that's annoying so you figure out how yeah. to crack it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice do you do you remember the first time you recorded something and listened back to it and went holy shit this is actually really good i lost you for a bit say that again oh yeah sorry you you froze a bit as well um do you remember the first time that you recorded something and listened back to it and went holy shit this is really good no because like the first shit that i listened to was really like that i listened back to really sucked so um and i hated listening to my voice and i don't think that's uncommon with with people who are starting out Mm. but i remember recording stuff and listening back to it and be like oh man that's cringe and and not even just from a standpoint of like technically it's cringeworthy but just the sound of my voice that that kind of that jarring effect that a lot of people have when they first see mm. them so i definitely had that but then you kind of get over it and then after a while as you kind of get better and better and you understand the recording process a little bit and you understand kind of just how to mix a little bit or how to make it sound cool and uh then you start feeling it a bit more Mm. i think i started to really develop confidence in what i was creating in high school uh when i started to show some more people what i was doing and 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 people would 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 compliment it and i'd get a lot of good feedback and uh, i remember very and i've spoken about this a lot before in, in a in a variety of different places but I had a high school teacher, uh, his, his name's Anthony, but back then, Mr. Zallo, and uh, he he really kind of believed in, in me, and the school had set up a studio when I was in like year 12, I think, or was setting up a studio room, and uh, he invited me to come in super early before school started, so I'd be at school like 7, 7.30 in the morning, and mm. we'd go into the studio and just record and he'd teach me how to like what mixing was like what how to do this how to do that and he actually spent a lot of time on a lot of those recordings just kind of mixing them Amazing. and and he didn't have to do that but that gave me a lot of confidence 
you know mm. when when someone was someone like him was doing that and it, it just kind of made me feel good that this was this was really cool and and i also mm. remember the first time i went to a professional recording studio and i don't even know how i found it bro but it was for this song competition uh i can't even remember which one it was but i had a song that i wrote with a mate in high school called dreams and he he was a singer piano player he was a big alicia keys fan so he actually introduced me to alicia keys work and he he loved playing piano in that style so i had this beat i had this song called dreams and he played the piano on it i think it's called dreams anyway but that's what i can remember of it Mm. and you don't have it on a hard drive somewhere No, i don't have any of this stuff anymore does that make you sad uh i want to hear it i want to be able to hear it but he have it i doubt it i really doubt it but but we we wrote and record this song and then uh wrote and (laughs) record this as a demo and then i booked a professional studio and i think i just like googled it or something i don't my mum might have even found it i don't even know how we found it bro but i remember my mum driving us there Mm. uh and we sat in and then we recorded vocals and um put all the parts down and the guy gave us a i want to say he mixed it i mean because i didn't do anything to the song after it i just can't remember but he might have even done like a quick mix or something and gave it to me and i hear i was thinking it was finished and i mm. submitted that <laughs> to the to the competition we didn't win but i don't even remember what it was but what i remember the first time being in the studio and and just that engineer whoever he was i don't even remember his name but he was like man this is like really good like what else do you have you know like have you got other songs i was like bro i got like 60 or 70 songs or something and he was like what and i was like i have a lot of songs you know wow he was like okay and i was like cool cool and he was like man if you ever want to record again come in blah blah and it's like oh sweet but i was like man i don't want to pay for it i just do it myself but i just (laughs) needed something professional for this competition you know like yeah yeah. but i think at that those two kind of come back those two memories come to mind when i just think of you know developing a confidence in what i was doing and and starting to believe that i could make good songs Mm, that's unreal i don't know if we ever talked about an article that i read probably in the mid 90s and it was a, a lady in new york that worked with underprivileged kids and she said the one difference between the kids that made it and the ones that didn't was they all had someone who wasn't a a parent that made them feel special Mm. and it sounds like that teacher oh for sure held that role yeah he was big for me like i've spoken about him a lot like just here and there whenever that i've had the opportunity to talk about it because yeah i mean he made a huge difference to 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 me at that point and i think that's the thing like i think we all remember the one teacher that really believed in us if we had one and the one that didn't mm-hmm. believe in us you know like everyone has mm-hmm. the teacher they hate and the teacher they love yeah but i, I you know I'll always be grateful to him and just the whole music faculty because they they really just gave me the opportunity to to explore my creativity in a way that was out, that sat outside the music syllabus at the time like That's they just unreal. gave me every opportunity to 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 participate in school making music the way i knew how and not mm. then judge me based on how the curriculum wanted me to be judged, whether it was if I could play an instrument and play a mm. cover song and play a... I couldn't do any of that. I just didn't have the interest in it. 
so I could play the guitar a little bit. I could play the keys a little bit, and but I just didn't have the interest to want to learn how to play other people's songs. I was more interested in once I I built up a, a competency enough to be able to put it into the computer. That was enough mm. for me, and then yeah. I would just kind of become obsessed with making making my own music. But yeah, my 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 whole music faculty just really encouraged that. Have you ever reached out to him or tried to? Find yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. we mates on Facebook, bro. He, oh, he likes all my unreal. stuff here and there when it pops up. Uh, I bet he just, does. Every time I see it, it just gives you a smile. And um, I remember. I'd like to personally thank him. Yeah, for sure. I remember the the year we got nominated for Aria, and mm. that year that we went and um, we were on the red carpet, and there was some you know you get different interviews or whatever, and there was an interview question about you know high school teachers and stuff and so i shouted him out there and they filmed it and they little did i know they used that to announce the following year the aria school teachers award you know that ah. they they now um recognize a music school teacher yeah which is awesome yeah so they used that video footage and and plugged it in the promo when he saw it i remember i sent it to him and he, we had a great conversation about it but he was just just really grateful and i was just like man i can't express the gratitude back enough you know so yeah, we've had unreal. we've had good moments so speaking of the arias what are what are your memories of that night it was fun bro it was a fun experience <laughs> just that first year i've been since then and i haven't had as fun of a time but that first that first one when we got the nomination was fun just to kind of be in the room and, and just the excitement the energy i hadn't been to it before it was i hadn't been to many events where you get to walk on a red carpet it was just a huge trip mm. it was mm. so surreal and it was so uncomfortable but at the same time it was new and uh it was fun and i think the thing that made it the most fun was having my team there with me so having you there having uh, Mira, MK, One, and and, and mm. Zig, like just having everyone there, just it was that. That's what made it fun. Yeah, um, it was really special. So I really appreciate that limo that ride was fun. Oh, did we get? Oh yeah, we did very briefly. Hey, yeah, that was. Funny. We had like a, a round the corner in the limo. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird looking back on, you know, just getting <laughs> swept up in the whole. Oh, we're stepping out of a limousine now you know and it and it felt like like ticking off a childhood dream you know getting out of the back of a limo under a red carpet it was kind of funny i mean yeah it was looking back at it now i mean i, I cherish those memories because uh, you know it was very it was just nice to spend and share those moments with with the people who who who, who obviously mean a lot to me but I think the thing that really stands out to me was like as well when they were announcing the nominations for the category um, that we got nominated in and when they were calling out my name, they played the, some shots on the screen of One in 100,000, the music video. <coughs> mm. And just to see like uh, for those who haven't seen it and who are listening, like uh, it was really important in that music video for me to showcase just different parts of my cultural identity, the sick community identity and the and, and and this kind of the 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 main protagonist in it she's like this this the hero of the music video and she's dressed in like very traditional um sick kind of outfit and and they flash that up on the on the screen and i thought that was just a really cool moment just to be represented like that uh, i had no yeah. idea they were going to do that or pull that either so that that was that That's that amazing. was a real kind of proud moment for me mm. Do you remember, did you get nervous when they were about to announce it? 
Not really. I mean, my heart definitely skipped a beat when they <laughs> when I heard my name, but I was like, "There's no way we're gonna win." But um, but at the same time, it was it was just cool to kind of experience that moment. Why did you think there was no way that we were gonna win? Oh, I know how these things go, bro. <laughs> Please elaborate. <laughs> oh, I know how these things go, bro. I mean, we don't need the awards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As an independent artist, we don't need the awards, bro. Major labels need the awards. Mm, mm. You know, this is for them to pat themselves on the back. You know what I mean? Like they need it. So we don't need it. So if we don't need it, we aren't really fighting for it like that, like they will be. So uh, I'm kind of saying a lot of political stuff here. But at the same time, for those who want to read into it, there's a lot of political stuff there. But... Yeah, look, it's just a great moment anyway. Like I just really enjoyed the moment and uh it was it was it was nice, it was fun, it was nice to have that acknowledgement and it was fun. But like I said, we don't need it at the end of the day. But it was it was it was fun. Yeah, totally. Totally. It is it does weirdly appeal to the inner child that yeah, used yeah, to yeah. watch the arias, right? Yeah. And go, Oh, imagine imagine one day if we're there. Yeah. And then you find yourself sitting there and even though we didn't get the win, it was still, you know, it, and it, it was one of the few moments that I allowed myself to think about the machine of the music industry. Yeah. Because I generally try and ignore it as much as possible. Yeah. So, so speaking of which, big question, what do you think of the music industry? <laughs> yeah, that's a really big question. And yeah. it depends on how you think about it. You know, there's so many different ways to think about it. I think there's the... the, the, the the usual conversation of how exhausting the music industry can be and how it can kill people's passion for music and it's very much mm. you know business and how that can really get tangled in with the creative process and really just deflate the 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 fun and and all that sort of stuff but mm. it just is i think that's yeah. where i've come to at a point is just a mm. just be like it is it is what it is and like you just got to make the most of whatever opportunities you can get. And it depends on what your goals are, you know, like as a, as a creative person, as a, as a songwriter, as an artist, as a producer, everyone's got different goals. Uh, and some people, depending on their goals, that means they have more of an engagement with the music industry side of things or, and for others that might mean they have no engagement whatsoever with the music industry side of things. But mm. Everyone's experience is going to be different. I mean, me personally, I have no feelings either way about the music industry. I, I, I'm kind of at that point where, like, I think I've... Not that I've exhausted... I was going to say I've exhausted my emotions, my full range of emotions toward the music industry, but I, yeah. it's not that. I think I've just come to a place of acceptance of just, like, this is what it is. And um, regardless of what it is, positive or negative, however people want to perceive it, it's not going to stop me from there's nothing that can stop me from going where i want to go and doing what i want to do at the end of the day i just don't want to, i don't nice. give it that power anymore so nice. and my focus has shifted my focus has shifted back to where it all started uh which is just being in my room sitting with myself and making music and enjoying it yeah and that's yeah. just where i want to be and what i want to do and then the rest is is the art of storytelling. How do you how you tell a story to to people outside of this room? 
Mm. And then the rest is out of your control. I mean, I like I like the storytelling process too and being creative about how we tell people about what we're doing and, and what's been created and, and whatnot. But uh, I mostly just enjoy um, the creative side of it and, and just having fun with that. So my focus has shifted less to kind of be caught up in what can be exhausting in the music industry and more just appreciating it for what it is and and also recognizing that there's nothing that can stop me at the end of the day like to from from doing what i want to do i mean there are many things there are many things that can stop me but <laughs> nothing can stop me <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 simultaneously yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so if you look back at the the kid that was mucking around with Fruity Loops, yeah, and compare that to you now, sitting there, kind of knowing your tools a lot better, hmm. um, do you love it as much now as ever? Yeah, man, for sure. Like, I feel like I lost it a little bit, and again, just ties back to your previous question of just being. Um, exhausted emotionally by the the ups and downs of the music industry Mm. but i'm definitely enjoying it like just before jumping on a call with you here like on this podcast i was i've been working on a mix for a song that i've been trying to finish for the past little while and just finalizing the mix and like being so particular about trying to find this one little frequency in the vocal that's just been annoying me when i'm hearing (laughs) back the mix and Mm. but not but not being (laughs) frustrated about it at all you know like and not rushing it at all but just like sitting there and like really like trying to find it and then like slowly being like is that it yeah that's it okay and then is that too much is that too less is this taking energy out of it is this no, that feels about right. And not rush it and just have a, like, that's fun to me. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, yeah. as a producer, I know you get it, but that, like, that's fun to me. And so I've just been doing it. And my yeah. wife walks in and she's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what's that? And I was trying to explain to her, can you hear that frequency? And I just, like, boosted the hell out of it. And she's like, oh, yeah, I hear that. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And now if I bring it down to zero, like, I can't, you might not be able to hear it, but I can hear it. So I'm just I'm explaining that process to her. Yeah. Yeah. And just enjoying it, you know, <laughs> like yeah. So I, I I love that whole thing because it's all it's all new to me at the end of the day. Like everything, like as you every song that you work on teaches you something new. Absolutely. And and everything that there's no form. I don't. And this is something that we've spoken about a lot, especially in our sessions together. There's no formula. Mm. Like you can't like the process that you you use to create one song is not going to be the same process that you use for the next song. No mm. matter how hard you want to stick to that formula, the song is going to twist your arm and be like, "Nah, I'm not going down that path. I'm taking you down this path." Yeah, and and that's the same with like every step of the process of making a song, including a mix. And so I, I really, I really. I'm enjoying it so much and 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 I'm loving it and just learning a lot as I go and um just really appreciating it. That's so great to hear. It's so great to hear. <laughs> um I remember back to when we released Survive and we sent it off to Triple J. I don't know if I've told you this story, but I've told so many people this story because I find it a very fascinating insight into the creative brain and how we can self-sabotage. Um, and we sent it off to Triple J and they'd been pl- flogging one, which was the first single. And 
they said, we're not going to put Survive on rotation yet. And I remember getting the call from uh, Michael Crawley, my old label partner back at the time. He said, they're not putting it on rotation. Have I told you this? Uh, maybe. I want to hear. I, I've, I have a story about this, but I want to hear, hear your story. So I went into the studio and I listened to it. I put on Survive. And I went, oh, fuck, those drums aren't nearly banging enough. That's, that's why. And that, the piano hook is just a bit lame. And I haven't mixed your vocals up enough. And I, I lit, by the end of listening to it, I went, it's no wonder they didn't put it on, on rotation. And then about two weeks later, you know, I'm still in this little bit of a funk. They put it on high rotation and it exploded. Mm. And once everyone started latching onto that song, I listened to it again. I was like, this is unreal. The drums are fucking sweet. The piano hook's unreal. Your vocals are unreal. And the difference between people's perception oh. cr created my own yeah. false perceptions. It's such a powerful thing, bro. And like... I, no, I've never heard you tell that story before, because my my perspective, <laughs> my perspective of that same story is so different. I remember, yeah. I remember uh, that same conversation, like, hey, they're not adding it to rotation, and me being like, what the fuck? <laughs> how the fuck can they not add this to fucking rotation? And having supreme confidence in how good the song was. Nice. And instead, just blasting everyone I knew to like bump it on triple j unearthed because i was like we're gonna yeah. force their hand right now and so i was literally like everyone who had engaged with my music in a passionate way i was literally calling them like text i was finding firstly yeah. if it was just online people online i would be like hey you know do you mind if i you know grab your phone number so i can text you when new music comes out and then it was like cool cool do you mind if i give you a call just to chat about something i'm working on right now and i was literally had a spreadsheet of like, I can't remember how many people, but I want to say a hundred something people. And I was texting and calling every single one of them and being like, hey, look, I'm really passionate about this song. You know, mm. what do you think about it? And if they, they liked it, I'd be like, oh, do you mind um, having a listen on Triple J and leaving a review? Do you mind texting in and telling them to play it? But a few different call to actions. Mm. And I was like, my, my whole mindset was like, nah, they're going to play it. They're going to add it. Like they have to because it's you were right yeah yeah <laughs> that was my mindset i was like nah man it's too good <laughs> yeah i think i don't know maybe it's because i i believed in you so much and i felt such a responsibility to help you create the vision for your music and when they didn't do it i felt i'd let you down mm. which is not the case at all i mean that's the thing i, I mean the 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 fondness that i have for you is very much this this kind of uh this relationship of i think giving you know what i mean because you've been so given towards me the whole time and i from like the get-go and before we even knew each other really well uh yeah. and just the process of working on two records with you from top to bottom like that's the, if i was to say like what's one word that kind of sums up the relationship would be like you know that giving because that's this is kind of what that whole process has been. So, like, I never felt like I was not getting your best. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. If anything, I felt like you were you were going above and beyond, and you were giving one hundred and ten percent, as cliche as that is. But like it, it you never held back, and uh, and I think that's why we still have a close relationship even today, even if we're not seeing mm. each other every day like we were back then mm. when we were working on those two albums. Mm. I do miss those times. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, freaking amazing. You know what I mean? And like those are moments that I really, really appreciate because forever because they they definitely came about it at really pivotal points in my life as well and Mm. and those are memories that you know will stay with me forever because to me that's what it's all about at the end of the day bro is like those moments in the studio because making making a song is such a personal thing and you're Mm. sharing this kind of personal intimate experience with somebody else when you're collaborating in the way that we were collaborating together and and you know you get to know each other really well in that process because you're in the room together for like 10 hours a day minimum i mean that's Mm. our sessions were pretty long from memory i remember yeah i remember crashing in the studio a couple times and uh staying there for a week at one point and yeah and all that sort of stuff and so like uh you know all that stuff it just brings people together in a in a real kind of close-knit way where yeah, you know, like you're having funny conversations, philosophical conversations, you're button heads making decisions, you're you're gelling and, and you're both on the same wavelength at points at other stages, you just like, nah, none of this is working. Like it's it's a it's the it's almost like the full scope of like human experience in that creative as you're making songs together, right? Totally. And so those are memories I'll keep with me forever, bro. And and so it's like whenever I get a call from you or a text from you, it's almost like we're just picking up where we left off, you know? Like yeah, totally. It's just a continuation of 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 what we've already built. I I agree totally, and I I feel so blessed to have had that. Mm. So you a few years ago kind of had this thing where you missed being on your own like in the early days and just just you and a machine how do you compare producing music with another person and producing it on your own what are the advantages of of doing it on your own what what do you love about that it's just a different it's just a different feeling and i think there's a different depends on like where you want to get to in the end you know, like there are moments that call for, I feel, collaboration. And there are moments where I feel like I just need to take my time and figure out things. And so when we had that conversation, I remember very specifically, like we've been working really closely together. And I was like, man, I just need to like go back to where I was. And I, th- I think I'd gotten to a point where I was getting pretty exhausted with just the frustrations of the music industry and uh, barrier it's a big conversation but just all of that kind of stuff that we touched on a little bit earlier and and i just i was losing the love for it like the creative side of things like i was enjoying performing and stuff like that but i was just really in my head about making music and i needed to to and i couldn't i couldn't figure out what i wanted my sound to be and and i know that we had had sessions and we were we were pushing forward with a particular sound and i had sessions with other people and they were pushing me towards a different sound as or trying to you know be like this is a sound that i can hear you on and Mm. and i was like i don't even know what i want to do and so i was just like i need to go back to 
just me. Like I need to just go back to mm. enjoying it because I'm not a hundred percent enjoying it. Like I'm enjoying those moments when we're creating, whether I was in the studio with you or with someone else or whoever, like I, I always enjoy it, but it wasn't making me feel whole. And so like I needed to just kind of stop and be like, let me figure this shit out. And uh, I'm glad I did that because it it put me on a pathway to, to kind of learning a lot more, but also just, it just brought me back to, simplifying things i feel like sometimes we can overcomplicate the creative process as well like i would get into a space like at one point where i was like bro like my tracks aren't complicated enough i need more layers and shit and it's just like oh you don't need layers like every song's different like we've said like there's a maturity and understanding that every song is different and some track is gonna one track's gonna have fucking 60 layers and one track's gonna have 10 like Mm. it doesn't matter at the end of the day so long as it makes you feel what it is that you are intending for the listener to feel and mm. so uh i i did i couldn't lo- like really appreciate that until i brought it back with myself so to go back to your, your kind of question like there's pros and cons for both like uh if i'm working towards like a particular outcome so for example you know the song i wrote with this for the city kings basketball team so they brought me on board to write a song for their team so that when their players come out to play at their home stadium, the song is playing. And they gave me a brief and, and there was a time. It was like a two-week turnaround. They needed a finished song. Right. And and I love basketball. So, like, the song was already done in my head. But I know I can't work that fast by myself. So I was like, okay, well, if if who, who, who could I bring on board that I think is perfect for this job? And so... I brought on um, Zig Parker, who I'd been working with on that. He was just really pushing me vocally, uh, and that mm. I was appreciating at that time. And then I brought on someone who I'd never worked with before, but uh, who I knew could smash it out if I just got him in the studio for a day. And he's a hard person to get into the studio for a day. And this guy's name's I Am Solo. So he's mm. produced a lot of stuff. He, he's, he's pretty much like one of the creative brains behind like One Four. And he's a he's a beast of a producer, uh, and I knew we could finish something in a day if we could all get in a room together. Mm. And we ended up doing that. We had two days. We locked in, and we ended up making two songs, finished songs, and uh, that both fit the brief. And then we picked one, uh, and then we we smashed it out. Another half day session. We had horns players come in, and then. Um, it was off to mixing and mastering. And so it was like, okay, I needed I needed a team to get that to a certain point. Um, there are other tracks like, for example, so, so that, you know, is something where it's just recognizing timing and like skill sets and every song is different. So it's like, okay, this is what I need to get this one done. Whereas, you know, if I'm working by myself, it's more like I can take my time and figure out the specific sound that I want and like an exper- I can experiment and, and I can really just get lost in enjoying the, the process. And I never, I, I very rarely produce a song to the very finish. So like I'll, I'll build it to a, a, a point where the feeling is right and then I'll be like, who can I bring in to help me get this where I need it to get to? So, uh, again, recognizing my own limitations and that might be Mm. to play an instrument that might be, I just can hear something, but I can't pull it off. Like I just, I can hear the, I can, I can feel what the chords need to be, but I just, 
I, I just have no capacity to understand how to do it. For example, with Mother Tongue, a song on the Southwest album, mm. where I was like, I got it to a point, but I know Mike is the perfect person to get the chords for this. I just don't, I can't do it. But Mike would know how to do it. And it was like, boom, mm. hey, bro, can you do this? And you put down the chords and you put down a, a bass line. And it was like, boom, perfect. They work amazing for it. Mm. And so, uh, uh, but that comes, like, that process is very that comes from me working by myself and getting to a point where like i know what i need mm. whereas there are other opportunities and create this is a long answer to your question but like this is no, that's fine that's like, a long podcast yeah sweet <laughs> but like the other the other part the other thing of thinking about this as well is like okay well if there's a completely different way of going about creating that's just being in a room with somebody at that point in time and just building from scratch and seeing what comes and we did that a lot. I mean, whether it was starting from scratch or whether it was just starting from some of those very base foundations that I had for songs. Mm. And that's a very different way of going about it as well. And so they they all work. I mean, they all produce amazing results and outcomes at the end of the day. I think it's just about knowing what you want as an artist and, and then going for it uh, and putting yourself in those positions to, to make that happen. Mm. Have you ever felt like you've been pulled in a million directions by a million different people. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Mm. I mean, I felt like that a lot, particularly early on. I mean, when you're trying to find a sound, like you don't really have a sound. And so you're kind of open to, and I've always been open to going in any which way, like and experimenting. Mm. But then you also get to a point in knowing like, you know, like I want to, I want to explore this very specific thing right now knowing that there's a million ways you could take take things at any given time but it's like this is really speaking to me right now and i want to go down and it takes a bit of conviction and, and, and vision to be able to and confidence then to be able to be like but i need to do this right now yeah and that's not an easy place to get to but um and, and that's not just with the creative process that's also within how you release music who you who you choose to partner up with to do that how you which songs you pick to what story you tell like mm. uh what opportunities you say yes to or no to who's a part of your live team who's not a part of your live team what shows do you do what so you know everyone has an opinion about everything mm. uh and that's not to say those opinions are wrong they're valid every opinion is valid it's just that mm. person's perspective but mm. at the end of the day it's like as the driving kind of artist behind it all it's like okay well what but what do what do i see and what do i want and yeah. how do i go about doing it uh and taking on board all of those opinions because they can be useful as well but just recognizing that well, it's like that bruce lee thing you know like, i was just about yeah, to say yeah yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> You say the quote. You say the Bruce Lee quote. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure he said, absorb what is useful and yeah. reject what is useless. Exactly. I used to have about 20 Bruce Lee posters on my bedroom <laughs> wall, as you know, yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. But it's so true. I mean, you you listen to everything and, and take on board what works for you and reject what doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever... Um, have you ever got to a point where you even vaguely contemplated getting out of the music game? Yes. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, it was just the exhausting nature of like trying to pursue this as a professional artist and wanting to make a living off it and not kind of getting the results that I felt like I wanted to get. Mm. 
a lot of it had to do with like seeking external validation and all that sort of stuff that we touched on before or not getting the validation that I felt like I deserved and uh the the especially when I was doing things at a really high level like whether it was performing in the UN or having a music video premiere in New York Tribeca TV festival at an event that had Oprah Trevor Noah uh, walking the red carpet before me like uh, mm. I was doing some pretty crazy things or being on you know national tv in India like mm. an uh an unthinkable amount of people watching that compared to what an Australian audience would watch on national tv in terms of numbers like triple that you know what I mean like yeah. but still not getting any kind of industry recognition acknowledgement uh cosigns whatever you like whatever I just felt like I was being slept on. Yeah. And and so, like, you get to a point where you're like, well, what the fuck am I doing this for at the end of the day? Like, if 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 all this work I'm putting in, I feel like I'm working 10 times harder than the next person. Like, what, why am I not getting the results? Mm. But then it's yeah. like, it's exhausting, bro. Like, I had to get to a point and just realize and appreciate, like, bro, all that shit's out of my control and, like, I can think about it and uh, ponder on it for for ages, but what for? Like, it's it just becomes toxic within me. Like, it, it infests within me and, and makes me angry and a bitter person. And that's not who I want to be. Mm. And so it's like, and that's not why I started making music in the first place. Like, and and again, it ties in with that. Just kind of bringing it back to myself and and making music back in the room by myself because it's like that's why i started doing this and just wanted re-tapping into that and really just enjoying that process and, and and just recognizing and appreciating how far i've come from the very beginning and acknowledging that i still feel like i'm beginning and that there's still a lot more to come mm. and 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 wherever this music may take me i'm gonna ride that journey mm. uh and so yeah I've, I've been in that kind of low point where you're like I don't know if I want to do this anymore. But then I've also just been like, well, my answer to myself when I got to that point was like, but nah, like, uh, I've come so far. And also, you know, I'm at this point because of all of these, these kind of, uh, uh, toxic kind of emotions I'm feeling within me and that's not who I am and so just learning to let those go and being like that's not what it that's this is not what it's about for me and and mm. and, and everything just kind of shifts and change after that was part of that self-doubt as a creative yeah I mean you I felt that for sure and I felt that after every like album I put out <laughs> so yeah. oh man was this shit good enough like am I good enough can I be better like um, am I? The answer is yes, yes, and yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, is my are my lyrics on point? Are my bars on point? Is my flow on point? My is my tone okay? Like, mm. am I good enough to hang with the best? And then I'm like, mm. but who cares? Like, at the end of the day, like it's all perception. Like, I, I kind of just got into a point where I'm like, I don't, I don't care, bro. Like, I don't, I, like I, I used to, and I real actually, this is a really good example in a in a way of kind of articulating an answer to this because like mm. probably a year ago now maybe less than a year ago 
six to 12 months ago in that kind of period, I did a session with um, uh, a vocal producer and I feel so bad because I've forgotten his name and it's going to hit me later, but um, mm. he's he's a really well-known vocal producer and and we had a session and I didn't go in there with like um, songs or anything like that written. I just kind of went in there and was like, hey, can I play you some stuff and can we just play around? I just want to test my voice and like see what my, my range is and what I'm capable of. And, and it'd be nice to just have your ear to kind of just push me and just try some things out. Mm. And it, I think for him, it might've been a weird session. Uh, it was definitely an uncomfortable mm. session for me because mm. uh, these are conversations. You're, you're essentially saying to somebody like critique me and like mm. push me. But he was he was like, oh, do we have a song to kind of work on? And I was like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for like just learning what I can do with my voice. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, played some beats, which I, people had sent me that I'm, uh, I'm not going to use for songs or anything, but it's just what I had on the day and put together just little chorus ideas and little verse ideas and then just go in and record it and try, try things, try doing it melodically, try doing it. Uh, like a rapping, try doing it and just like whispering, like try, just trying different tones and just really playing mm. with the whole thing. And what I noticed was like, and it was because I was in that context and it wasn't in the context of like, I've got a song and I've written a song and I know how I want it to sound. And like, I've just kind of, sometimes you go through the motions too, because you're comfortable doing certain things in, in a certain way. Mm. But like, because I was in that environment, I, I really kind of, tuned in to listen to my voice and I realized that actually I'm really tense behind the microphone. Right. Like my body is really, really tense behind the microphone, especially when I'm rapping. Hmm. And that's not a good place to be. Like that's tension, right? Like that's stress. And I, yeah. I, I, I had to stop and think about it. I'm like, why am I tensing up right now? Because, and, and why is something that I'm recording in the studio setting sound very different to demos I record at home? And I, I, two things came to me. One was like, okay, well, when I'm at home, I'm like I am now. I'm sitting in my chair and I'm I'm sitting in front of the computer. I hit record, and by, so it's it's a lot more relaxed. You're sitting down, yeah, yeah, and it feels effortless. Why can't I get that in the studio? And then I realized I'm standing up in the studio, <clears throat> so physically mm. it's a different kind of thing. But on another level, at a subconscious level, and also it creeps in at a conscious level because that was how I was able to pick it up. It's like when I'm in the st in the studio, I am subconsciously, and then when it seeped through consciously for me to pick it up, I am subconsciously comparing myself to the greatest rappers of all time. Every mm. time I'm in the booth, mm. I'm like, is this wow. on their level? Mm. And that's a whole lot of pressure, bro. That's <laughs> a whole lot of stress. And so what that was doing was like, I realized. At a, uh, again, it is a, a very kind of, as a producer, you're going to appreciate this. Like, I realized my vocal tone in the studio was a lot high, pi higher pitched and a bit more nasally than, like, how I am conversationally. Mm. And, and I was like, well, that's not my natural voice. Well, how do I, and I've, I've kind of at the same time, I've been on this journey of, like, trying to, trying to, uh, create music that is the best representation of me uh as mm. much as i possibly can and so it's like okay well how can i put that in music so that when people hear it it, it feels effortless because it is effortless it's me it's just me being me and so mm. i'm like okay well 
I can't do that if I've got this pressure on my shoulders, this self-imposed pressure that is now seeped into my subconscious to just be as good as my favorites, you know? Black Thought, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, like if I'm subconsciously trying to compete with them every time I'm in the studio, I can't Mm. be my best self. And it puts a lot of pressure. And I realized, bro, that was a big weight on me to even write songs. Like, why I couldn't write songs? Why I was just focused on particular subject matters? Why my lyrics were a particular way? Like, as soon as I let go, I have learned to let go. It's still there. I have to unlearn it, but it's a a lot less than what it was at that point. Like, as soon as I started to let go of that, it's just like, bro, things just started flowing in a very different way. And the songs that have come out, I've been working on since then, are very different, like, in terms of just that pressure not being there so i'm just being me and i'm really happy with it and it just feels like me and so i, I do forgot you think that yeah. do you I, think that your audience would notice the difference or is it mainly just for you i think so i think when people hear these this the new stuff they'll be able to hear the difference and and i think that's just the evolution as an artist i mean album one to album two to album three i think vocally you can hear the change in me uh, mm. because I'm learning more about my voice and learning and becoming more comfortable in myself and in my own skin. Mm. Uh, that I think in the new stuff, people will be able to hear that even more. Uh, and so it's a different, it's definitely a different feeling. Um, That's amazing. I forgot your question, but I feel like I... I don't remember I it either. It. I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what my question was because I love, I love that you just said that and i'm sure that'll resonate with people who you know stand in front of the microphone and uh compare i i had an artist that i'm working with um say to me recently uh why don't i sound as good as dolly parton Hmm. and uh, you know she it wasn't a legit question answer it mike it was more i wish i sounded like dolly parton and i said well you you don't sound like one of the great singers of uh, one of the greatest artists of all time, but you do sound like you yeah. and you're good enough. And you've got to use that voice to change people's lives and, yeah. and bring people joy. And I, I spent 20 years of my life wishing that I sounded like other singers. Yeah. And it wasn't until probably the last 10 years that I just thought I sound like me. That's all I've got. So I can either be, upset that i don't sound like jeff buckley or tom york from radiohead or i just accept that and i sound like me and and Mm. you know that was a a, quite an important lesson to learn yeah i mean your question was about self-doubt i just kind of remembered a bit about that now and 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 that i suppose story is just an example of like how how it can influence the music that you make Mm. but then Mm. also like how it can hinder you from being as best as you possibly can be. And I think that's the thing at the end of the day, right? Like even the best, or uh, best is subjective, but even the biggest artists, right? Like uh, the ones that we look up to, even they're going to have self-doubt, bro. Like all of them, every single one of them. I don't care who it is. I don't care like if they project an aura of resolute confidence that can't be broken. That's bullshit. Like that's just their character. But like they, everyone has it. Mm. Uh, And, and, uh, even fucking Kanye West has it. The person who's probably epitomizes from the outside looking in as someone mm-hmm. who has supreme confidence. I'm sure he has self-doubt too. He'd probably so like, have a lot of it. Yeah, I so I think everyone has it, bro. Like everyone has it. And so 
I think you hit the nail on the head when what you were talking about there is like, you can't be anybody else. Like I can't be anybody else, but I can be me. Mm. And it's like the perceptions that we have of people based on, is based on what I suppose what they've achieved or what in our eyes they've achieved, have achieved and they're, they're icons and they're the biggest, whatever. End of the day, like that's, that's, that's really bullshit. Like it's, it doesn't make any, there's no difference between us. You know what I mean? In terms of like, at the end of the day, if we're, we're two human beings standing next to each other. And so like, yeah, you've achieved amazing things and like credit, power, respect to you. Like that's phenomenal. And it's a testament to like, um, humanity's ability to kind of uh, achieve pinnacles by being the best versions of themselves like if anything instead of comparing ourselves we should be like inspired by that which we are but not fall into the trap of comparing ourselves because it's like well they've shown us through their examples what's possible if we allow ourselves to be as best as we possibly can be and that's not to then yeah. say we're going to have the same level of success and and the same reach the same kind of um opportunities that they reached or whatever it, whatever is there for us is going to be there for us but that's just as valid and just as important yeah. uh and totally. we don't know what that is until we put our head down and and walk that path right so mm. yeah like that's that's really all we can do and it's best to be it's better to be a best version of yourself because you're not getting anywhere being trying to be an imitation of anybody else. Like that's not right. Happen. Yeah. So what about the flip side of that? What about all the people that tell you you're incredible? I'm one of them. Um, and the part of you that, you know, feels sits back and goes, I'm the shit every now and then. How do you process that part of yourself? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I that's a really good question as well because I feel like a lot of that kind of came out on the Southwest album and a lot of that kind of came, the most recent album and a lot of that kind of came out in response to kind of this, that that kind of those frustrations I was feeling as well in terms of just wanted to flex a bit about, you know, just my own capabilities and, and what I've done and because I didn't feel like anybody else was really talking about it. But also mm. because like, I wanted to project that confidence. I mean, the concept of the album was was wanting to 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 share lessons with my younger self, like a thirteen year old version of myself who who didn't really have that confidence and stuff. So, I, you know, I really wanted to kind of amplify that to to kind of you know be like to a younger version of myself. You know, you are capable because look mm -hmm. at what you're about to do, kind of thing. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean now again i try not to buy into that at all like uh, and it's very much the opposite of what society tells us because like you know whether it's in sport whether it's in music or specifically whether it's in hip-hop whether it's in business wh like whatever it is like we 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 end up kind of getting props if we uh kind of uh you know selling ourselves you know, and talking about like, I'm the shit, like my, my product is the best, like mine's better than your product, like that's why mm. you should buy mine or like my song like knocks and like, yeah, I'm the fucking best, like my show's the best, like that's that's kind of like a selling point, like every rapper is going to talk about how they feel like they're the best, every NBA player has to feel like they're the best when they step on the court because it's so competitive. Yeah. Um, And, and I, I think there's something to like, appreciating confidence in your abilities 
but then I think is is there's also um, a fine line between that and kind of getting to a point where like your ego takes control and it's like well now it's just your ego talking and and really at the end of the day we ain't shit <laughs> like to be honest like we like bro we could be gone in an instant like not to sound like you know kind of um, yeah yeah messed up about it but like that's just the reality of any given situation bro and the world's Absolutely. gonna move like the world's just gonna keep spinning so it's like really we ain't shit but we give ourselves a lot of self-importance and so um i think it's a fine line and, and again just to kind of bring this in a in a practical sense like i feel like where i'm at now i spend less time creating music than when i started so, you know, when you start, it's very much about just making music and enjoying that. And I feel like as as deep as I am into my career, a lot more time is spent on managing the business side of things and trying to manifest opportunities or create opportunities and, and uh, doing other work here and there and, and maybe working with, uh, working less on things that you want to do, but doing things to fit certain briefs and all that sort of stuff because you're getting paid and, and, and that's how you kind of make a living of it. And so less time is spent actually in the studio creating music, experimenting with sounds. You kind of have to find a balance that works for you. But overall, yeah. I would say you spend less time in there. And so what what I feel like I've, I've gotten to a place where it's like, I feel like I've had enough experiences in music where I should be confident walking into any studio to be able to make a song on that day and be confident that I'm going to get something out of the day. And that mm. might not be a finished song, but I'm going to get something out of it. And and just to accept that process. And when I say get something out of it, that might be I might get five different vibes and ideas which never amount to a finished song, but that's still something. Um, mm. Or even just one idea and, and I get stuck on that. And again, that might not amount to something, but it's still something. And so, you know, I have some sort of confidence that I'm going to be able to do that. So when I walk into a room with whether it's a producer like yourself or some other producers or whether it's in my home studio, it's like, okay, well, I know I have a limited time to create right now, but I do this. L- mm. Let's get it and mm. let's see what happens. And And not giving space for self-doubt to appear in in that moment uh and and just enjoying that and that's very different to then to walking in i'm not saying i'm walking into a room like i'm the shit like fucking i'm a like i'm the best like this is gonna be the best shit the hardest shit but it's like walking into a room and being like okay i belong yeah and this is what i do like let's have fun like let's Mm. let's make Mm. something and 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 trusting in and again at a very micro level so then when i write lyrics in that moment trusting that i'm going to say what i need to say and and that that's cool like i don't need to sit there and obsess about about this it doesn't need to be like like every line needs to again by putting it in this kind of uh, uh putting myself under pressure to be like it doesn't need to sit next to j cole kendrick black thought blah blah i just need to be in a space and do me and trust that i have the flow i have the cadence i have the lyrics to sit where my music is going to sit um as soon as i let go of that then i can kind of just create whatever (laughs) i want and that's when the creativity comes like Mm. and 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 it's fun in that moment and so 
yeah, it's a fine line. I try not to. Mm. I try not to get into that place of any. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm pushing you into that place by asking you. No, 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 no. It's an important question. It's a very, a very important well, question. Well, there's an, there's kind of another facet to it that isn't. It's not just about ego. It's also about acknowledgement of gifts, right? And in the same way that you know, Michael Jordan. I, I've read recently that he said the reason I succeeded is because I failed more than everyone everyone else. I just kept on doing it and kept on failing. But at some point, Michael Jordan has to sit back and go, if I wasn't born Michael Jordan, all of the work, I wouldn't have ended up in this position. And so for someone like you and me with my musical gifts, is there a healthy way of, you know, expressing gratitude for what you do well? Oh, for sure. And I think it's, for me, it's just acknowledging that, you know, none of this is by my control. Like, mm. again, at a, at a, on a spiritual level, this is kind of diving into it on a spiritual level. But for me personally, it's like, I acknowledge that like everything is not by my power, it's by, it's, it's by a higher power. And so I'm just like, I, I, at the end of the day, it can all be gone in an instant. And so you know, if I wasn't the one who, 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 um, who, who made this happen or who gave, who's in control of this, then yeah. how can I get egotistical about it? Yeah. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, I, I, I'm kind of in that place. It's like, well, I, really, this is all just a, a, a blessing and I need to, in order to be appreciative of that, let me work hard at it. Let me be grateful for it. Let me work hard at it. Let me continue on it. Let me improve in my preparation of how I go about things. Let me just day by day learn something new, work on something, just get better at something. Or maybe let me rest today because I'm burnt out. I need to chill for a moment. Like mm. um, just having that awareness, I think, is important. And so, uh, yeah, I, it's important to have gratitude. And I think all of those guys do. Like when you think about like a Michael Jordan, like I'm, I'm massive into basketball. So you, you're talking like, um, you're talking to my heart and soul when you're, you're talking about basketball and you're, you're making those references. But all of those guys, bro, like whether it's LeBron, Michael Jordan, like Kobe, like whoever it might be, like they all think that they're the best when they step on the court and they, they have that supreme competitiveness and that belief in themselves because it's so competitive. If they have a shred mm -hmm. of doubt, that's going to be exposed on the court and they're going to stuff it up. So they have mm -hmm. to have this high level of confidence. But I think something that's consistent with all of them is this immense sense of gratitude as well. And it's mm -hmm. just like, man, I'm just grateful that I had that opportunity. Like I'm grateful that this was given to me like that they all talk about it every single one of those greats talk about it like man i'm just grateful and you yeah. watch there's a funny video like there's actually a really funny video i watched it the other day bill russell who's one of the greatest players of all time he's like an old geezer right now you know like he's an old fella but he was this was like an award sir i can't remember what ceremony it was but he was given an award or something he was on stage and he was presented the award by five other centers so people who played his same position who are historically you could say 
as great, you know, if we were just to kind of be like, they've achieved the pinnacle of success in basketball at their position, they are regarded mm. as the best of the best. And so you had like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on stage, you had Shaq on stage, Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo, like um, David Robertson, like they're all the best of the best at that position and they're yeah. presenting the award to Bill Russell. And Bill Russell's the oldest of all of them. And Bill just looks at them and he's like, he points at all of them. He's like, I could whoop all your asses. Like, I could beat all of you. You know what I mean? Like, I could take on all of you. But then he was like, afterwards, he was like, but I'm so, like, grateful and honored to have been given this award by you guys because you guys are the best of the best. You know, wow. and and, and it's, it's just if this amazing 30 seconds of, like, you see that yeah. that balance, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love that. And And you wonder which is the instinctive one you know is is it is he instinctively going yeah i could kick your ass or is he instinctively <laughs> saying i'm humbled and it's probably both yeah yeah it's i think the recognition of gifts and the recognition that it really doesn't come from your own steam that comes from god or however we spiritually process it that's where the humility comes about because you can acknowledge that if you don't acknowledge that you're gifted at something, you're kind of throwing it away in a way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, as I, it's, it's funny we're having this conversation. I mean, I was thinking about it today, like uh, in the context of just, just wanting to be uh, ready. So, I mean, like I say that because, like I said, I feel like I'm just getting started in, in my music career and I feel like, uh there's a lot more out there for me and and occasionally you know working from home most of the time uh uh my wife also works from home most of the time and so like i'm trying to i've been really inconsistent with like exercise and just being healthy and, and all that sort of stuff and on days where i'm like i'm not feeling motivated to exercise or whatever she'll be like oh but you know if the best opportunity or the opportunity you've been waiting for your whole life comes to you tomorrow, will you be ready for that opportunity? Hmm. Wow. Wow. It's to kind of motivate me to be like, oh, shit, I better jump on that treadmill or something, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, she said that to me once and I was like, I kind of just brushed it off. And then the second time she said it to me, I was like, no, nah, she's right. Like, what if my manager called me and was like, hey, bro, like we got to jump, we, we got a flight booked and we're going to... I don't yeah. know, like flying to LA, Dr. Dre wants you in the studio tomorrow, like, or, you know, you got a performance opportunity in two weeks time, like it's just popped up, like we need to go, like this is a big moment, like will you be ready? And I was like, no, nah, actually I won't be. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that a lot today, it was just like that gratitude as well, it's like it is a sense of gratitude, it's like, well, you can't take it for granted, like... The, like to have an ability to be able to do this and, and make music and 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 for me personally to have a to be living a professional career in music for the past six years like to be making a living off of this like where i haven't had to work another job like mm. of making music that i want to make like and performing and all that sort of stuff and so in res out of respect for that it's like well yeah, no, I need to put in more work here. I need to be ready mentally, physically, and and just really kind of uh, commit 
to to that part of the process as well because you never know what's going to happen what's going to be around the corner you just kind of have to be be as ready as you can be and and so yeah i was thinking about that a lot today actually i love that what a brilliant piece of advice from mumpreet that's amazing yeah 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 yeah. that's amazing um so you've uh, as you hinted at before uh you've performed at the un uh you've done all sorts of big gigs played to millions and millions of people on indian television google have commissioned you to write a song for their creators for change program you performed at the same event as elton john my first music oh wait i gotta show you something hold on while we're here because i'm yeah. I gotta hang this up hold on hold on one sec oh I'm pretty sure this is going to be a photo of him and Elton John, and it's going to make me very, very jealous. Ooh. Nice. Look at the bottom and look kind of like Sick. halfway down. That's so good. Yay. I thought it was going to be a photo of the two of you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that That's mounted. A- absolutely that do that <laughs> um you know you've done like a version on triple j um you've done a lot of pretty you know high level stuff do you feel like a success yeah man because like shit like like i bought a house off of this shit you know what i mean like mm. that's that's a beautiful thing mm. um and and yeah like i i have to appreciate that as much as i'm like and i think that's a human thing to always just be wanting more like you know there's more out there it's like there's more to do there's more to achieve and all that sort of stuff and it's like i think that'll never end like that that hunger will never end for anybody but at the same time it's like i'm just kind of appreciative of what i've been able to do and 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 the, the opportunities i've had and it's been some pretty unreal stuff like Mm. yeah to like shake elton john's hand and and uh you know have a very brief conversation with him was was awesome and to be in a un building and and walk in the same building where some of the biggest decisions in the world get made and uh it's it's pretty surreal bro like you're just Mm. thinking about some of this stuff and uh i'm just very very grateful to have had those opportunities to do that stuff and yeah, I'm very much kind of just looking forward to, to what's going to come next. Because like I said, bro, I just feel like I'm getting started. Like as much as, as as all this stuff has happened and, and it's th- these are amazing opportunities and things I'll mm. always kind of cherish and remember. But yeah, I feel like there's still more to come. Did you, did you get super nervous at any of these things? Yeah, some of these things for sure. I mean, the the UN one's interesting because it's like you're performing in a building where you do, people don't usually perform. So it's it's it was it was very like those kind of settings are always weird. Like I I I opened up for um, Nazim Hussain. He played a comedy show at the MR Theatre a month a month or two ago, and and I played mm. a song for him before he came out and. Even though the M was a music venue, like for a comedy show, it's set up very differently. And so, like, even that feels weird, you know what I mean? Like, for this stuff that, yeah. that, that isn't, like, a your usual thing, like, that stuff feels 
you you kind of I get nervous about that because it's like I haven't done that before. Whereas you know when yeah. it's a big show, like yeah, you feel a little bit nervous, but at the same time, there's a tr- sense of trust in your preparation and in your team, and and you kind of know what's going to happen from start to finish for the most part. There's always going to be mm. things you can't predict, but there's a comfort that comes from from doing that. For, but some of this yeah. stuff is like yeah, no, you you definitely get nervous for 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 some of this stuff for sure. Mm. I I get really nervous performing like on TV or radio. Mm. I get really my fingers start shaking yeah, yeah, and as yeah. a piano player that's less than I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 for um, sure. What what makes a great album? Oh, that's an awesome question, bro. And and I think my answer to that is like an album that can really just transport you to a different time and place. Mm. Like an album that makes you just feel like you're in their world, in the artist's world. I think that, that that makes a great album. And that's very personal for me because like the best albums for me are the ones that I can play from start to finish and fall asleep to. And I don't mm. say that from a sense of like they're boring, but from a sense of like a comfort, a sense yeah. of comfort. Like I can, yeah. it's very rare these days where I can find an album that holds my interest and sparks my imagination in such a way that I can just put my headphones on and lie down and listen to it from start to finish and get lost in this world and 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 then, you know, sometimes doze off or fall asleep. And there's a mm. sense of comfort that comes with it. So often when I'm on tour, like, uh, there are a couple of albums where if I just feel like I just need to zone out for a bit and I'm on a plane or, or whatever and I, or I'm in a car and I just need to put headphones on and I'll, I'll do that. I'll play, I'll play it, play the record, put my headphones on and just close my eyes and, and get lost in that world and sometimes fall asleep. And yeah, those are, those are the, the best records for me. Nice, nice. I think I may have asked you this in the past, just for fun, but I can't remember if I have and what your answer was if I did. You're a massive sports fan, as am I. In your life, when you think about the dreams that you've had, do you dream more about standing on stage at Wembley and performing to 100,000 people? Or do you dream more about taking the three-point shot after the buzzer or... Or hitting the winning runs in a, you know, World Cup final, or scoring the winning goal in a World Cup final. Obviously, you've done that to me in FIFA. <laughs> but um, yeah, do you do you dream more about the, is the is the magic moment a sporting thing or is it a musical thing? It, it used to be a sporting thing. It's not anymore. Uh, mm. And I, and I think you know I've had I've had it's definitely a music thing now. Like I have had things I'd, I would love to do. Um, and, you know, the one on my list that's been there since I was 21 was to play, is to play a headline show, sold out headline show at the Emerald Theatre. And and that came about because, like, I opened for Nas at 21 uh, at the Emerald Theatre. It was the last show on that tour. And just watching him perform, one of my favourites perform, and it mm. came at such a pivotal point for me. Uh, mm. I just turned 21 and... Uh, just stand inside a stage and just watching that and feeling that it was just kind of it was really surreal and so I was like from that point I was like man I want to do this one day like and that was a moment where I was like I want to make this my career 
Like I want to do yeah. this for a living. It's a real pivotal moment for me. So I, I'd love to kind of get to a point where I can play a sold out hometown MR show. Um, mm. And that's 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 definitely a goal that I have. I mean, I had that nice. vision. I mean, I've had opportunities where my love for sport and music have just merged. And uh, like we the Kings, yeah, like we the Kings, the Sydney Kings. But even before that, like playing at AFL games and playing at NRL games, and mm. uh, that that stuff's really cool. But the the peak was yeah, the the, the basketball, the merge, the, the fusion of basketball, music, and and doing it at a level where I'm representing my city and. The hometown team and and just yeah not just writing that song but performing that song to a record-breaking nbl crowd uh mm. at kudos bank arena like i mean you, I, i've dreamt about moments like that and i got a moment like mm. that and it was exactly as i dreamt it would be and wow it, that's so great it's it was it was mind blowing, and and uh, it went so quick, but so slow at the same time. Like it just felt mm. like real amazing. So those moments, I look forward more to those moments now, like just the music ones, because I'm like, yeah, like I really enjoy being on stage and and being able to perform like that, and and just mm. have 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 those opportunities. So yeah, I've I've outgrown my. My sporting aspirations. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I still think the only sporting that's... aspiration I, I played in the 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 Sydney Kings celebrity basketball game this year, and nice. so um uh, I, I got very limited court time and very little time touching the ball. But uh, uh, I hope I get called back next year. I just want to put on a show. Yeah, that'd be unreal. Make that happen. Yeah, I'd probably pull my Achilles these days. <laughs> Um, I want to ask about freestyling. Um, how do you how do you silence the internal critic? Uh, you just do it. I mean, there's there's no there's no other way about it. Like you just have to be conscious about doing it. I think it starts with a level of awareness. So it's it it begins with an understanding of self-doubt like recognizing that you have self-doubt and mm. and 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 a level of awareness to really zone in and and listen to what's going through your your head and then very consciously putting those thoughts to to the side for a moment it's very much a meditative thing right like Right. Uh, it's it's like a meditative technique called noting. It's like when you 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 have like a, a negative thought, or you, you you have an anxious thought, or something like that that pops up, and in, instead of trying to like crush it and and like squash it, and dis it's just like a light thing of like, oh yeah, I can see it, I can hear it, whatever, and then just letting it float away, like just not giving it weight or power. Right. And and you kind of have to, so that's a level of awareness. I kind of feel like it's the same process with like writing a song or, or freestyling. It's like you kind of just have to, to to silence the that. Not silence it, but like I say, you kind of have to acknowledge mm. it, but then just recognize that it's, and just let it fly, float past and just be in the moment. Uh, especially mm. with freestyling, like there's, there's different techniques. You can go with freestyling and stuff like that, but um you know you can kind of plan you can kind of plan ahead so for example like 
if I know there's a word that I want to get to, then I might plan backwards. So like, um, you know, if if the word is, you know, you got road on your screen, like if the, the word I want to get to is uh, microphone, like say road microphone, I want to end on that mm. to make that... Mm. Then you kind of plan it ahead. Like I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to say road microphone at the very beginning of my sentence. And I'm also not going to say it at the end of the first line because I want to build up to it. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to place road microphone at the end of the fourth bar. That, that's going to be my thing. So now what rhymes with microphone that I can use in three rhyming words that I can just plant in my head and know that I want to get to them. What rhymes with microphone? <laughs> um, telephone. You might say telephone. Right. Um, right. Uh, uh, make it home and right. um, I'm in the zone. Like, let's, you right. know, let's just say that. So, uh, you know, then you might build it like that. Be like, bro, I'm on, I'm here with McGlynn. Yeah, I'm in the zone. This is the studio in my own home. Uh, what was the third one I said? Uh, telephone, in my own home. Yeah. Uh, dodging messages from my telephone and making mm-hmm. sure my sound comes through the road microphone. Like, so you 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 build up right. to it, you know? So you you can kind of, pl- uh, uh, that's kind of, I find that a really effective technique. Like when, if the objective of the freestyle is to wow people with something. So if, you know, for people watching this or if you're doing it at a show, if there's something very identifiable that you want to point people's attention to, to let them know that this is a freestyle and you'll you'll build up to it, then you'll work, I'll work backwards like that. But right. if the object, and so the objective is not about flow. If the objective is about like, I, I freestyle in writing songs. So, and it has nothing to do with words, very little to mm. do with words. It's more so about rhythm patterns, tone, cadence, mm. um, uh, diction, um, how I'm gonna just weave in and out of the the, the music, what sounds cool, and it's mm. it's very little about words. So a beat might be playing, and I'm just like da da, mm, ah, you did it, hey, hey. it might was it, hey, then when it, hey, hey, what? And so you know you kind of, and then I'm like, oh, that sounds cool, and then I'll record that in my phone, and then I'll write something to that pattern. You know? Yeah, right. So there's different ways of freestyle. It depends on what the objective is. Mm. But there's, there's, okay. so, so to overcome, back to your question, it, I mean, it all starts with having a level of awareness to acknowledge that in order to freestyle, you have to stay present. If you're not mm. present and you're thinking about what could happen, and by, 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 by saying that, if you're doubting yourself and you're afraid of stuffing up, then you're not present enough to 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 make those decisions that you kind of need to make in the moment, um, right. and to be open to things that pop up. You know, like because when you're freestyling at a show and people know you're freestyling, there might be things that pop up that you need to be you need to be like your your eyes need to just kind of open up and be like vroom, your senses just kind of like supersets you just kind of opens up you go your right. senses flared up you're like let me capture as much information as i can to mm. to 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 make this moment even more special what can i grab uh, that person's wearing a cool design on their shirt like there's something cool that happened over there like this object is might be cool to highlight this or something happened at the event earlier that i want to hi- highlight you know like and now Amazing. let me work backwards so you yeah 
I, lo I love the fact that you said stay present about three minutes after saying, yeah, I'm planning four bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Meet. Like it's, it's wild. Yeah, but to, you, to it those is of us, to those of us who can't freestyle very well, <laughs> but it is like a, me. It is a, it is a, it is a thing of being present though, because it, mm. it's just a, it's it's just acknowledging what's around you in that moment, mm. and then even when you recognize like this is the rhyming word that I want to get to, mm. you still have to formulate something that makes sense in the lines before you get to that yeah you know yeah. what i mean like you still have to so it's 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 it's, it's a fun one i mean when you watch that black thought freestyle oh, that he did yeah like can you no but that, that that that's a whole other level like that that to me i i i wouldn't say that that was all off the top of his head like made up in mm. the in that very moment like i would say like that is a his combination of putting all of those lyrics together was spontaneous, but those would have been things that he had prepared earlier. Right. And, but he's just, he's just filling it right then and there. And he's just bringing them all out. There might be some lines there with that said, there, were pro there was probably some lines in there that were in the moment, but mm. that's my interpretation of it. He might have a different interpretation, which might be that he's just, the greatest fucking MC of all time, and he <laughs> he can do that. And and yeah. I, if he said that to to me, I wouldn't doubt it because like he is just um he he is what I call like you know um he's like the grandmaster of rap. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he's okay. the grandmaster. Like everyone's great at rap. Like Kendrick, J Cole, Drake, like Jay Z, whoever, Nas, everyone's great at fucking rap. These are all masters, but Black Thor mm. is the grandmaster. Right, and do <laughs> do all the others acknowledge that? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but yeah. in my this is my my in my book, he's the grandmaster because he mm. he's he he has sharpened his his blade his rap blades to to perfection but even he is looking for the next level like he's just unreal i love that and the fact that you said he's sharpened his rap blades yeah yeah i had a question that i wrote down that i don't even i, I the whole time i've been thinking oh i don't know if i should ask that i don't know what it means even but it's i've learned to go with things so i'm going to go with it do you do you see yourself as a sword or a bridge Hmm. I feel like I'm a bridge, bro. Like I, I, I had a, I have a lyric in a new song actually, like where I say the way I'm building bridges, you could call me an engineer. Like hmm. I, I definitely feel like I'm a bridge. Like in the sense of, uh, in the things that I mean, I've, I've had to play the role of being a sword to cut down barriers and and shit like that. But I feel like hmm. now that I've done that, I feel like that's been a bridge for so many different things to happen, and for, not just for myself, but for other people. And so. Yeah, I, I definitely see myself as a bridge, and, and a bridge between multiple worlds and cultures and uh, mm. stories. Uh, yeah, I would say bridge. I love that. I love that. And so, finally, um, what advice would you have for a young up-and-coming artist or creative of any description uh, who might be struggling to unlock their potential? I, I I think 
just asking yourself why you do this. I think that's a really important question. Mm. And being really, really honest with yourself and not judging yourself in your answers. Mm. Like some people genuinely might have started making music because they see the glamour of the biggest artists in the world and they want that. Mm. And that's okay to to want that. But just be honest mm. with yourself. Don't pretend you're like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm, I love this and, and I'm really passionate about this and I don't care whether I get it get that lifestyle or not like Mm. don't fool yourself whatever whatever it is is the motivation behind it like i think it's important to acknowledge that because i think that's that's going to be your like guiding star you know throughout the ups and downs of this this journey and uh Hmm. and 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 that's something that i think you can always fall back on like we had that whole conversation about um confidence in the studio and 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 trusting what comes and uh negotiating self-doubt and um uh the pressure of comparing yourself to other artists and actually the one moment that really i think is at the foundation of a lot of those realizations for me was actually a conversation i had with you and i remember uh i remember i was preparing for a performance for tedx sydney and Mm. I wanted to I had this 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 goal of wanting to create something very very special. I wanted to create a moment where in the performance I really move people in such a way that you know my, I had a like again being honest and not judging it, I wanted to make I knew it was going to be recorded I wanted this thing to go viral. So how could I make like something that's going to have that impact? And that didn't end up being an outcome, but I did create something special. But I remember in the process, really struggling with it. And I, it, I was very particular. I wanted to, to have this kind of rap verse or spoken word bit before going into the song that I was going to perform and just have some soft instrumentation to build up into the song but that I could rap over, but not necessarily be stuck to any kind of time. Mm. and and i struggled with how to do it like i over interpret like inter like over it was overkill like i went i thought about it way too much i was writing things it was way too complicated i had this kind of concept and idea i'm like yo this would be great like but it didn't really make sense like ultimately it made sense to me but it was like way too complicated and i remember getting on a call with you at some point in that process and we had this whole conversation and I was like, bro, I'm like really struggling to like, right. Like, I just can't, it's not hitting how I want it to hit. And, and you said something to me that, I, that I've always kept close to me since then. And again, this is why I say it's the foundation of like, I suppose the realizations I've had since then. But like you said to me, like, bro, in every studio sessions that we, we, of all the studio sessions that we've had, you were like the most special were the, you know, when we were in a studio session and even though you brought things in that were prepared and you had verses and stuff, the most special moments were like, we created something, the feeling was great. And then in that moment, you just wrote something. And those verses were something else. Like they really were special. And so you were like, just trust in yourself, you know, just like listen to your heart and trust your, you saw something like listen to your heart and just, just, just trust what your heart says and literally i remember getting off the phone with you and sitting in front of my computer and uh being like this is the sound where my heart speaks Mm. 
and oh, conversations God. with it when I can't sleep. Reminding me of the fire that exists inside to live for a purpose occupies my mind. And then this whole like verse came like just boom like that. Mm. And it was just unfiltered. It was raw. It was honest. It was just all of those, that kind of pressure I was imposing on myself and all of the pressures that we'd spoken about just dissipated in that moment. And it was just like, let me just, what does my heart want to say right now? And boom, that's what it was. And it was this amazing special moment. Like, and that verse in for that performance became the first verse on a song on the Southwest album called Peace and Light, which is one of my personal favorites because of lyrically, it's just so honest and so genuine and so emotive and just so raw and and it all started with that conversation and so to go back to your your question it's like well you know that those those like why you do this and like those kind of like asking yourself that question and being honest with yourself like in moments where you get stuck like that those are questions that you can pull back up reflect on them and just remind yourself and ground yourself in why it is that you do what you do and and that'll That'll, that'll never steer you wrong. I love that. That's great. Um, thank you for joining me on the podcast. It's been such a bloody treat for me, as it Likewise, always is talking bro. with you, but just to be able to, <laughs> to do it in this forum is, is really special. Yeah, much and, love, uh, bro. Likewise, man. Yeah, right back at you, my brother. Um, so thank you so much. And um, yeah, I'll talk to you hopefully it won't be so long between conversations next time yeah bro uh, thanks brother